today on Individuality Unleashed. I'm pleased to be joined by Jesse Brewer, VP of Wonderkind Ads. How are you doing, Jesse? Good, good, good. Great to be here. Well, today we'll be discussing advertising on the web and the evolution of online ad experiences and how doing what is right for the user also benefits advertisers and publishers. Now, we really want to get into the details about how putting the user first uh, can bring better campaign performances for advertisers and more revenue overall for publishers. Yep. So let's start at the beginning. So like in any advertising medium, there's a need for standardization, right? right? So you see it on television with 30 second spots and 15 second spots. And then on the web with banners. So in the mid nineties, like 300 by two fifties and 728 by 90 banners, which are still around on publisher pages. Right. Um, what's amazing is that when they first came out, 44% click-through rate. That was the first banner. So like wildly. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine. Right. So, but what happens is that, you know, standardization is important. You need it. Publishers need it. Advertisers need it. There needs to be one currency between them, right? That's, that's what supports advertising is that standardized currency between them. So you need the standardization. But what happened was it was so wildly effective at first, it grew so fast. Um, and eventually users just saw so many banners. Um, advertisers were pumping money into it. Publishers were trying to make that money. Right. Banners you know, proliferated everywhere. Users saw so many banners online that they started to become ineffective. So by 1998, so soon after the first banner actually was on the web, the term banner blindness was coined, um, which is essentially like a form of selective attention where web visitors ignore information presented in banners. Um, and I've become extremely effective at doing that now. <laughs> I mean, uh, a lot of practice since 1998. Right, right. <laughs> so with that decrease in attention, advertisers obviously are not as interested. If they're not getting their user's attention, they don't want to pay for it anymore. Right. Um, and publishers then are not able to command those high CPMs and command as much budget. Um, so what happens is like, you know, there's more and more of these banners, they become less and less effective. And there's just this race to the bottom, let's pump out as many ad placements as possible. So we can try and hold on to some of this revenue. And what everyone's forgetting about is is the user, right? Yeah, it's extremely annoying to yeah. have that many ads fired at you disruptive experience. We all know it, we've all been on publisher sites and, and not had an optimal experience, not every publisher, but we've experienced it, right. And you know, the thing is, too, like they they have to do it like they need to mm. support themselves. And I think everyone understands that like we want to support quality journalism. We want like we understand the information economy where like users want information for free. Um, they're willing to see ads for it, but they're not willing to see this many ads. So what, what's the solution? I mean, what's that middle ground between the publishers being able to support themselves and a, a, and a solid user experience? Right. So I think what after the, the initial issue with banner blindness, what a lot of publishers and tech vendors tried to do was move into you know, more high impact experiences, right? right? right. Um, which is like, you know, that's the next evolution, but there was a little bit of a misstep because a lot of these solutions, like these roadblocks and, and page grabbers and takeovers that, that came out, even in their naming, they imply that they block a user from their content, right? So it's like, you know, it, it seems obvious, but um, it, it really was a bit of a misstep where it's like you can't just go from these you know, tons of tiny banners to now huge, massive banners and expect it to be better for the user. So, again, there is a misstep where 
you know, everyone's forgetting about the user. They're not putting the user first. It's just, you know, they're just happen to be part of the equation. Um, so yeah, that, that was a bit of a, a misstep. And so when ad blocking came out, and like, so this is like 2015, right? Ad blocking, I think it was actually 2009 when it came out, but 2015 was when it really, really started took off. to take yeah. off. Um, so at that point, like the, the main cause when we started asking users, why are you installing ad blockers? Like, why don't you want to hear from us anymore? Essentially is what we're saying. And they said, you know, over 60% said it's because these ads are too intrusive and too annoying. Right. Um, which is, you know, so obviously, we didn't get it right with going from those standard banners to these larger format experiences. We're forgetting the user and it's still kind of like biting us in the ass a little bit. The pendulum swung too far, clearly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and even now there have been efforts in the industry and like we support these efforts and I, I do think they're really important. Like the Coalition for Better Ads, for example, 2017, it came out and super important. Um, and just that, that concept, like we stand by it. But our question is like, has it gone far enough? Like, is it, is it really positively impacting user experience enough um, with some of these ad formats? And what we've seen in our research, even as recently as a couple months ago, where we talked to a thousand different like avid online US readers, they said still ad experience is not quite where it needs to be. And in fact, it's gotten a little worse over the past few right. years. Right. So tell us a little bit about Wonder Kind Ads. Right. And why Kind Ads? Yeah. No, for sure. So I think um, the the evolution of our product, I mean, initially we, we spoke about it, we referred to them as post content ads yeah. because it was very new. It was a new thing in the market. Um, sadly to say, like the focus on the user um, and the focus on the publisher content being able to get to the user was was so new that we had to give it a really literal name. So we referred to it as post content ads. Um, but really like that that's such a literal name for it the value is in it being kind right. it is kind to the user um, and that's part of why we, we we have changed that name and we are moving forward with like a, a slight rebrand because we do want to encapsulate that value of just being kind to the user like i talked about before it's just been forgotten about in every iteration of these like new banners new formats the users always last so we want to bring forth kind ads which we strongly feel are a user first ad experience. And when we talk about post content ads, um, for our listeners, provide a little bit more context about why is that a better user experience? How the ads loaded? Yep. Give us a bit more context. Yeah, and to give you like a quick look under the hood, the way we determine like what is a post content ad? So we have really like unrivaled visibility into how users interact with websites, right? Because we're not just an ads company. We have our, our whole onsite platform, our email platform, our text platform. So we have this wild amount of visibility into how users interact with the site. We're essentially running 4 billion AB test impressions every month to understand how users interact with websites and specifically publisher websites. And when are they disengaged from content and actually willing to engage with something else, willing to receive you know, an alternative message from someone like a brand. So what's that point in that user experience where they're not being interrupted? Where yeah. the ad actually is going to be a positive experience? No, for sure. And what, what we've seen is, yeah, that specifically that moment of disengagement. So things like, you know, when a user scrolls and reads their full article gets significantly below the fold and then scrolls back to the top of the page. Essentially when someone's like got their article, right. they're scrolling back to the top to look for the navigation bar, look for something else, potentially even leave the site. A lot of users do that. 
And that's when we'll create this real estate in front of them to reach them in between articles saying like, hey, let's just give you a choice. Like we know you're kind of disengaged. You're looking for something else. How about we allow Ford to place their ad in front of you? Um, other examples are, you know, when someone's scrolling in line on an article, we're never going to, you know, place an ad right in the middle as they're reading. What we'll do is we'll see maybe that person is changing tabs. They're taking a break from that information. If they change tabs, if and only if they return to that tab, when they return, we'll have split that article exactly where they had left it and have a nice, beautiful, large format ad placement ready for them. Because we knew they, they came to that site, they got what they initially wanted and took a break. And now when they're returning, we're saying, hey, like, dive back into your article or check out this really, really nice tailored brand message. So completely get why it's a kind user experience for those that are actually on uh, the publisher's sites consuming the content. But tell me a little bit, what, what do the advertisers and the publishers get out of it? Right. No, for sure. And I think brings up a good point because in order for advertising to work, it's, it's not just about the user. Um, you got to support the advertiser, you got to support the publisher, got to bring the advertiser campaign performance, publishers, actual ad revenue. Um, but what we've seen and what's really been nice for us, like what takes this from a feel good story to an actual practical application in the advertising right. world is that it does drive better performance for advertisers. Um, so like, think of it this way, what we're doing is simply acknowledging that users want publisher content. So we give it to them first. And only after that, are we asking them for something in return, which is engagement with a brand. Um, and we're doing that, you know, we're, we are, and, and shamelessly like creating large format ad experiences, but only at the inflection point when users are actually done with content and ready to move on to something else. Right. So what that does, like the, the advertisers get 4X the screen real estate, um, which is amazing. If you were doing that and not respecting their experience, not good. <laughs> but, but if you're doing it with respect for their experience, it's amazing. So 4X the screen real estate, but only at that inflection point where they're thinking about doing something else besides consuming publisher content. Um, and that's where you get not just the really high viewability. It's great, like 80% viewability is great, but honestly, it's, it's easy to do. It's more about the attention you're driving. So 25% right. lift in actual attention. That's um, huge. And then even as you go further down the funnel, two and a half X industry average CTRs, Oof. which is amazing. And like CTRs, yes, I will say, and I hope I don't get in trouble with this, but like, an outdated metric, but still important. Mm. It's only important if those clicks are qualified clicks. Right. So that's where we get down, like further down to the funnel, where it's a 30% lift and qualified traffic to the site. So not just accidental clicks because someone's trying to get to their content. It's more someone that wants to learn about the brand, wants to engage, wants to go to your page and learn more, and even you know buy things, sign up for email lists, sign up for text messages. Um, so that's where, you know, that's where advertisers win, um, with that positive user experience, they're getting the opportunity to reach people in a way that, that implies the user is interested, um, and implies they want to learn more and implies they want to hear more from that brand. So it's a real great audience development tool that does everything from the, the upper funnel all the way down to that more like qualified visitation to the site. 
um, and like mid and lower funnel metrics. That's amazing. So it seems like the advertisers uh, are essentially getting a full funnel ad solution. Yep. They can not only get the user's attention, but also drive really meaningful engagement with the brand and large volumes of qualified traffic to their site. So you shared quite a lot of metrics about what it means for advertisers, but have you got any metrics about what it means for publishers? Yep, definitely. So by offering that more full funnel solution for advertisers, publishers can really reap those rewards because advertisers are reasonable. If it, if it works, they're going to spend more and they're going to spend more frequently. In terms of metrics for publishers, um, what they typically see, a 10 to $15 CPM, so real like industry-leading CPMs that are coming from, from web banners. Um, incremental demand, so usually a 5 to 10% lift in revenue. Um, and typically, we're a top five revenue partner. And what's really important about all of that, like that's not short term where they like flip it on and get a little extra revenue, but at the same time are ruining their readership. Um, this is where it all comes back to the user first approach. So if they're able to get that revenue by putting these really large format, respectful user experiences on their site, what that does, they can make more money right. without ruining right. their relationship with their readership and their users. Um, because otherwise, you might be able to do this short term, but slowly users are going to stop coming back to your site if there's a bad experience. Um, so really what we're doing is that, yeah, it's a win for users and that's what we're committed to and that's our ethos. And then it just happens to also work out quite well for advertisers and publishers as well. So I know weather.com is one of the publishers that we actually work with. So let's take a minute and listen to their view of working with Wonderkind ads. It's a, it's a daily habit. It has a, a tremendous mission of keeping people safe and having that most accurate information and alerts on your phone to let you know that, hey, you might need to evacuate, really essential. The brand mission is really helping users get the knowledge that they need in whatever particular weather situation, right? Uh, accurately and quickly. Our second mission is to use that data that we collect on the weather and provide insights to our advertisers and clients. The Wonderkind partnerships has been very good for both sides. It's been a strong partner for us in terms of working together. I also think that what we like about Wonderkind is the quality of advertising. I think they're, they're very high quality advertisers and ones that feel really good to be associated with. Our team's biggest goal is to drive revenues, but also to really help drive revenues in a way that's good for user experience. We always lower our content first, giving the users the information they need for the day or the week. We actually lower ads afterwards. We want an experience where the ads come quickly after the content, so it looks like a very seamless experience. Really selecting the right ads and the right type of ads that would be good for both advertisers and the site and our users, that is something that has been helpful for us. We track user experience very carefully and we see what are some of the responses they have to some of the advertising on our site. We actually take a very conservative approach and we feel that type of advertising is not right and aligned with our brands. We rather forego the revenues and rather take that off the type of advertising. And so I would say minority that gets the ads, it's really at the appropriate instances. There are very few things you actually have to check every day. And this is one of those. And it's really phenomenal to work for a company that has a mission that really keeps users safe. It's additional uh, impact beyond just driving revenues.
so I think it's it's probably also interesting for our audience because many people that will listen to this show will, will know Wonderkind as a new performance marketing channel that drives revenue for folks. So here we are talking about a new kind user experience for ads, Wonderkind ads. Why are we doing ads and why are we doing performance uh, marketing channel? What's the, what's the connection here? Right, right. So our performance marketing channel is super successful. That was the, the inception of the company and what the, the company has been largely built around. But what we want to do with kind ads is actually get those users to the site in the first place, drive that large volume of qualified users to your page so that then our performance marketing engine can be powered. We want to feed those people in so that we can then identify them, then reach them over, over other channels as well. Yeah, so if you if you kind of think about that, the, the rationale, as I kind of like to sort of segment things, I, I talk about the, our performance marketing engine as revenue as a service. Right? We'll talk to e-commerce brands, we'll uh, look at their operations on their website, and we'll figure out delivering a guaranteed revenue uplift for how we can use identity to figure out the right messages to send to people on the right channels right. that drive revenue. And we're experts at actually doing that. But of course, it does require people coming to those own exactly. channels, coming to those those sites. So yep. the one kind ads are a way of actually providing traffic to the brand that we can then better convert. So we have that kind of whole funnel experience. Exactly. And I you know, and I think that is exactly it. It is it's traffic and it's qualified traffic. And right. I think that's the important distinction. And that's why like cuz you know, sometimes in the past like just saying traffic has has had that negative connotation. Right. We're saying qualified traffic. Right. right. But I think like a, a great way for us to pose it is more just like what is qualified traffic? That's an audience. Right. Um, so kind ads are really like an, an audience as a service. Um, and that's where we fit into that larger equation. We're going to feed that performance marketing engine with a qualified audience. So for those that don't know, Wonderkind is able to del deliver an audience of service to engage with uh, a brand's prospective audience across premium publishers to drive qualified traffic back through to their own channels and then use the Wonderkin performance marketing engine to identify and deliver revenue from that traffic in a better way than they can uh, on their own. So really love what we're doing around this. Yep. No, it's the, the full story, all those channels working together. Like it's great that they can all work in a silo and they're effective, but using all of them together is really where brands get ahead. Um, and that's where we've seen the greatest success. So really excited to see more brands adopt that um, because I think it is where the industry is going, especially with the deprecation of the cookie. Like we, right. brands need to build that audience. They need to. They can't just buy it somewhere else. And we've seen, you know, falling user numbers, time on site on platforms like Facebook and others. Um, it's great that there's now this additional capability through Wonderkin to deliver these great brand experiences, great great user experiences across premium publisher network uh, globally. So we've launched in the UK. We're starting to spread into different markets. So I love the success that you're having, Jesse. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. So Jesse, where can, where can I see examples of these, these creatives, these ads? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you could go to really like a, one of many top tier publishers on the web if you want to see them or... Um, more immediately, you could go to our lookbook um, where you can check out the experiences themselves. So how the placements work, see in real time, like how they respect user experience. Um, and you can see the different functionalities that we can package into them. 
just based on advertiser KPIs, if someone wants to drive foot traffic to their dealership, we can place a tap to map creative. So you can see that functionality in the lookbook. Or if you want to show someone um, when a new show is launching or when a movie's premiering, you can see like countdown clock creatives. Um, so really, really good resource to see not just the user first approach, but also the functionalities that advertisers can package into that to drive their KPIs for campaign performance. So I can really talk for hours, sadly, about full funnel performance for advertisers, but I think it'd be more effective just to hear from some of our ad buyers themselves. When it's something that a user can't click out of or something that takes their space for over 30 seconds, that is a terrible experience and one that is bound to leave an impression negatively for the clients for sure. And also the, the consumers against that client. Do, does the client look for a partner that can do more than just upper funnel and also middle and lower funnel? Yeah, um, it's super hard to find a partner that like can do all of that. And so sometimes they don't care about viewability, they don't care about clicks, but if they don't see the ROAS, then they're gonna cut the partner. Wonderkind has like been able to do all of that. Um, and so they're in a mid funnel campaign, um, which high impact partners usually aren't in. Definitely, I think the the biggest difference that you guys have with your product is the shoppable element with the high impact units that you have. You know, it's highly engaging. It takes up a considerable amount of the screen after the user has engaged with the page sufficiently, but then it also has that shoppable element where it gives the user the ability to expand whatever product they're interested in, get a bit more information about whatever they are looking for before going to site so yeah so jesse thank you very much for coming on the show and telling us about wonderkind ads now if you'd like to know more about wonderkind ads and what it can do for you whether you're an advertiser or a publisher then click on the link below and we will or in the description and we will tell you more my name is richard jones this has been individuality unleashed see you soon <laughs>